0: You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. All right, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram to get updates for the show. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Today I have my friend, Lewis Lewis, on the podcast. I actually grew up with Lewis Lewis. I've been wanting you on the show for, for a while. You know, everyone's <laughs> been asking me, like, yo, you got to get Lewis on the show. You have a big following for your car page, mm-hmm. really into cars. I love cars, bro. Like I tell people all the time. It's like if I could stop and do like one thing, it would just be cars. Like I I'm don't get bored way. of it, researching them. Like I remember just being on YouTube as a kid and just like watching car videos <laughs> over and over. When I got clean, I like forgot what hobbies I had because I wasn't <laughs> into anything. And it took me, like, three, four years to remember that I used to, like, I like cars. Like, I didn't even remember that I liked cars until, like, I had three or four years clean. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I used to like cars as a kid.
1: When I got out of jail, that was one of my biggest concerns. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, most of my day was all about how am I going to get more heroin? So it was like, what do I do with my I used to ask people,
0: like, what do you guys do? (laughs) I remember, like, being on drugs and being like, what do you do? Because it's like drugs consume I always explain it like drugs replace your family, your friends, hobbies, your job. It replaces like everything. It fulfills every need you could ever need.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just telling someone the story. If someone, if I had dope... And someone asked me to watch their kid or wash their dog or clean the house. Mm -hmm. It was all,
0: got it. Whatever you need. Bro, I was telling someone like this uh, guy on the show was like, yeah, heroin makes it so you could look at your shoelaces for eight hours Mm -hmm. and have a great time. Everything is enjoyable. Even manual labor. I didn't mind at all. Yeah, you could paint the fence. And if you're on opiates, you're like, fuck yeah. It feels like it makes every little thing enjoyable.
1: One of my first jobs, he would pay me half blues. Half cash. So at the beginning of the day, I'd get five or six blues, and I would just chisel away tile or something all day, and it it didn't bother me at all. I'd be like, "All right, it's been about an hour. Let's go do another
0: mood." Mm -hmm. And like uh, you know, a lot of times people have like this, like the horrific stuff comes later, you know. Mm -hmm. But like the first couple years of opiate use, you like don't see a downside to it, and you think you're working harder, (laughs) you think you're like in a better mood. Like, you really don't see a downfall to it until you don't have it, and you're, like, shitting your brains out and, like, shaking in a bathtub.
1: One of my exes would tell me that I was, like, what she loved about it was I was, like, the most loving, snuggly person ever. Oh, yeah. But the other part is, at 4 in the morning, I'd be going through her wallet to get yeah. more cash.
0: Hey, upsides and downsides. <laughs> exactly. There's both sides. I know part of your story, obviously, we ran in the same area. I was telling someone, someone was like, how do you know this person or whatever? I was like, bro, if you did drugs in Broward County, there was only a certain amount of people that were doing hardcore drugs mm-hmm. in this certain period of time in this vicinity. And we all knew everybody because it's like most people only hung out with their high school and maybe mm-hmm. one neighboring school. But drugs really made you multi. You know, school-oriented. You, like, really got to know the entire county because you would just run into random people that were also addicted to opiate.
1: Well, we started, like, when it was still new. Like, the pill mills hadn't even all opened up when we first started doing oxies and stuff. And, Especially
0: uh, to the younger crowd. I think there was, like, an older crowd of people doing pills, but there wasn't, like— you wouldn't see 18-year-olds at the methadone clinic.
1: Well, there was always methadone clinics and well, pain, pain clinics. clinics. Yeah, but you wouldn't clinics.
0: see a lot of young people at methadone clinics until probably I would say like 2005.
1: Yeah, once the, once the oxy thing went crazy, like, I remember my first oxy ever, it was uh, Nick that gave it to me, mm-hmm. and he didn't, no one explained anything about it. They're just, I love smoking weed, and they're like, yo, do a little line of this, and one blunt will be like 10 blunts. I said, bro, this is the That's best invention I've ever heard. So I did like a little <laughs> bump of his invention. 80, and I was just like, this is the move. Mm-hmm. The next day, I did, uh, I, I swallowed one blue. I was throwing up all night. Yeah. It was- it, Seemed horrible. The next day, I was like, yeah, we got to do that again. Yeah. Some people tell me when they try opiates.
0: They never do it again. Yeah, it makes they them sick. They don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what people say that like are in the hospital. I'm like, oh, did you get any good pills? They're like, oh, no, I felt all nauseous. I was like, oh, you got to push <laughs> push through that part. <laughs> all right. So let's start with your story. Where, you know, how did it all start? Where you from? Born and raised. You're born and raised here, right? Yeah,
1: born and raised. So I grew up in, when I was very young, we lived in Miami. Mm -hmm. When my parents were still married, my dad made pretty good money. We had a nice two-story house. Uh, When they got divorced, my mom decided to keep the house. She didn't fucking work. She couldn't even afford it. Mm -hmm. So we ended up foreclosing on the house, moved to a one-bedroom house, four of us. Me, my mom, my stepdad, my sister. I ended up needing like a heart surgery back then. I had a heart murmur. Mm -hmm. So my mom got a job working with her dad. I always joke with her, she's only rich now because she got that job because of me. Hell yeah. The murmur closed. Didn't need the surgery. We moved to Weston. I mean, Weston's like a pretty higher end area. Mm-hmm. And I got into drugs like right away. When I was eleven years old, I had tried weed, coke, ecstasy, acid. Open. At a, what age? At eleven years old.
0: You did ecstasy at,
1: 11? at eleven. Eleven.
0: Who put you onto it?
1: (laughs) So my best friend at the time had a a brother. I was four years older. Yeah. So he was in all that shit. Robitussin, fucking. So we would just hang out with him. And whatever him and his friends were doing, we would do. Yeah. So I tried probably. you get
0: like the hand-me-down drugs.
1: Exactly. Yo, we're going to do this. All right, I'll try some. So I did almost everything in that first couple of years. From like 11 to 13, I tried almost every drug. Mm -hmm. I mean, none of them like ruined my life. You know what I'm saying? I could do it on the weekend. I wasn't a good kid. I would take bars at school and shit. I I got caught one time, passed out in a wheelchair outside of a girl I was dating's portable Mm because our school had portables. Security woke me up at like an hour later. Where did you get
0: the wheelchair from?
1: It was someone's wheelchair in the (laughs) class. So my question is, what the fuck happened to this guy when he walked out of class? (laughs) Didn't
0: have his wheelchair.
1: There was some guy nodded out in his wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So they brought me to the office and shit, and there was some kid in the principal's office, Mr. McTeer. And he was like, oh nah, it wasn't nah, I'm a dude. And I, I sat there and listened to this kid mumble on for fucking 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I interjected. I was like, uh, Mr. Matir, a- am I here for this? And he's I was like, Do I look like I'm remotely fucked up? And he's like, You're fine, fu- get get out of here, get out of here. And I got away with that one. I think I think it was just after senior year, was that first time that Nick gave me that little bump. So
0: prior to, like, high school was basically, like, fucking around, partying, yeah. smoking blunts, drinking beers. And I graduated, doing Xanax, you know what I'm it wasn't. too crazy. And then after senior year, you did an Oxy-80.
1: Yeah, nothing had gotten me, like, in trouble. You know, I think I came home robo-tripping one time, and my mom was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, oh, we had science, and I drank too much of the vanilla. I was always really good with <laughs> bullshit lies. If it was something that happened, I had all the details. So my lives would always be based on something that really happened. So if you asked me, I could be like, yeah, it was two o'clock on a Tuesday. The sun was up. It was it had rained for 15 minutes.
0: So then you said senior years when you Oh did, yeah, yeah. 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 Senior
1: year, I did that little bump of Oxy and I loved it. So we started doing blues. It was that same circle. You know the group of people, yeah. you know, Dana, Robert, mm-hmm. all of them. So we started doing it. And then we started, the blues were cheap back then, $8, $10, barely. Mm-hmm. We started doing the blues, doing the blues. And then me and Robert started doing, like, the, uh, the doctor shopping.
0: Mm-hmm. Who showed you how
1: to doctor shop? Robert. Wow. Robert. Yeah. So we were all still, we were snorting pills, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd never, I didn't even know about withdrawal at this point. I had no idea. I was able to get some every day, so mm-hmm. it wasn't a problem. So me and Robert started doctor shopping, and we realized between the two of us, we weren't getting enough to supply us and make the sales. Mm-hmm. So we started finding, like, homeless dudes. I don't even remember how he would find some of these people. We had this guy, Joe, who was living in the garage at his mom's house in Weston Hills. Mm -hmm. Guy fucking stunk. So we made him literally live in the garage, no AC, nothing. And we had this black composition notebook. The left side was all doctors, Mm -hmm. and the right side was all pharmacies. And they would correlate left doctor to right pharmacy, mm-hmm. so that we would never accidentally yeah. cross.
0: Yeah, because that's how you get caught up. Mm-hmm. Back then, now there's like a good data. Yeah,
1: data. now they scan your ID and mm-hmm. all that stuff.
0: But can couldn't you go to multiple doctors and multiple pharmacies all over the state without us sponsoring like uh, homeless people?
1: Well, what we didn't want to we didn't want to happen was that one. It's not our problem. We give this fucking guy twenty blues,
0: and he's chilling. And he's chilling. You know? yeah. We
1: pay for his fake MRI. We pay for the doctor visit. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't come back on us. And then the, by after a while, the state started catching on, which is why we didn't the. We did want to ever gotcha. go to friendlies mm-hmm. when we had just been there two weeks ago. Yeah. And they're like, how are you filling a script again? Yeah. So we'd keep them left and right, left and right, left and right. And this was all still Oxy, still snorting, nothing crazy. Well, not nothing crazy, like snorting. A, <laughs> yeah. Snorting <laughs> a few 80s, no big deal. Safe pharmaceutical. Casual, casual yeah. Oxycontin use. Gentleman drugs. We would pay these people, and then someone would steal them. Someone else, some other fucking drug kingpin would steal your homeless guy, and then you got to go find a fucking another one. Mm. So we did that for a while, and then it started getting, like, really bad. Like, I was snorting fucking two or three 80s at a mm-hmm. time. We had the pill crusher from Walt. We thought we were fucking bosses. Too.
0: That pill crusher was so dope.
1: Yeah, because it's hard to crush it. My AD had all these little dents in it from smashing eighties. A piece goes flying uh-huh. across the bathroom, and it was
0: just like fine powder. Every it's just it I dropped, a, and then you could store them in there too.
1: Yeah, you, in the bottom the little yeah. twisty cap. That was great invention. People I remember
0: bringing it. The, I got caught with it in school, and with I the had like crusher? yeah, and I had like I used to just like throw three Roxy's in there, crush it up, and then pop the top open, and then just right from Put, the put a dollar bill in it and just snort out of the dollar uh, the container someone caught me doing it because like, i was doing like a middle of class i used <laughs> to do it like it was like drinking starbucks you know like oh you know just crush oh, one second yeah i just crushed them up in class and was, i was doing it in the cafeteria and uh, the security guard saw me and he ran over <laughs> and he grabbed the container and we were like wrestling for it and there was like a little bit of residue and then i thought for some reason i just considered adderall such like a baby drug mm-hmm. that i was like oh they're adderall but, like, you also need a prescription. Yeah, that's for that.
1: still a big deal.
0: <laughs> I should have said it was something over the counter, but I thought, like, Adderall, they were just gonna be like, whatever, but I still got arrested for it. Oh, no.
1: You're yeah. lucky. Did they test it?
0: Yeah, I got charged with Roxycodone. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so, anyways. Whoops. Yeah, so you were doing. um.
1: So, we were, yeah, we were doing the, the doctor shopping thing. I remember the first day, like, I, I don't, I think I even had Oxys. Mm-hmm. I woke up at my parents' house, I went to take a piss, and I threw up while I was pissing. I was like, what the, f- what the fuck? I guess I'm getting sick or something. Mm-hmm. So I go to walk back to my room. I didn't even make it. I had to run back to the bathroom, mm-hmm. threw up again. Then I felt like I was going to shit myself. So mm-hmm. now I'm sitting on the toilet, shitting, and then throwing, throwing up, up into the into the bathtub. Yeah, another drill. So I ended up like in the bathtub, like in like a fetal position, like mm-hmm. almost shitting and throwing up all over myself. I had no idea that this was withdrawal. Uh, my parents got home and they're like, this guy's got to go to the hospital. What's wrong with him? They had no idea. So they took me to the hospital. I'm sitting there. I think I was like 18. I graduated That's when I was 17. That's crazy, bro. You went to the hospital. <laughs> my and... <laughs> parents took me. I had no idea. I thought like, damn, I have really bad flu or something. Wow. So they take me to the hospital. I'm sitting there in the ER. They got me on fluids. I feel much better. huh. The doctor walks in and he's like, who's going to tell me about the opiates? And I was like, what? I didn't give urine or blood. How the fuck do they know? I didn't really think about it. I was like 18 or 17. And uh, I finally just broke down and told him. So my brother... My stepdad's son, who's been my brother since I was like three, he's gay. Mm-hmm. So the first thing my stepdad says is, great, now I have a son that's a faggot and a son that's a drug addict. Oh. Since then, he's come to love, you know, his gay son. He's a doctor.
0: He doesn't say that for word anymore.
1: No, he doesn't. He probably, no, he still <laughs> he does. Probably he probably still, he's it. a savage. Yeah. So he's like, great, now I have a son that's a drug addict, a son that's a faggot. So they send me to like the best of the best. Re- my mom does research. Mm-hmm. They send me to the best of the best rehabs. And they're going to send me, and the detox is telling them, like, yo, he has to have drugs in his system, or we're not going to take him. Wait, how do they find out you are doing opiates? The doctor came in and said... But with no blood and no urine? No. He said, who's going to tell me about the opiates? And I just said something. And I was like, oh, well, I take them, blah, blah, blah. So he
0: just kind of knew that it was Yeah, he's opiates. not... It was probably...
1: This is during the mist of the yeah, big... Yeah, he probably sees all the
0: time. He's oh like, this guy's fucking
1: dope sick. Mm-hmm. So the doctor, who's a... <laughs> I call him a douche now. I don't really care. He tells my parents, I don't care if he looks like he's dying, if he's shitting himself, he's throwing up, he's not going to die. Do not give him anything. It's the mm-hmm. first thing the doctor says. Gives me a pre- prescription for clonidine and sends me home. So anybody who's gone through withdrawal knows that oh, clonidine ain't fucking doing nothing. Mm-hmm. My mom does all this research. She gets on her little laptop, finds the best of the best rehab. They tell her that I have to have drugs in my system or they're not going to take me into detox. So my mom's worried. And I was like, Yes. My mom's worried that there's not gonna be anything in our system, so my stepdad gives me one of his oxytens, which is fucking nothing to mm-hmm. me. So I convinced my mom, I right, I gotta you know I'm gonna be gone for a while. I want to see my homies, and I was like, here, fine, I'll give you all the money out of my wallet. I had already stashed twenty bucks in the side, so I give her my money. Obviously, I go buy uh, more drugs. So I go get so a couple blues. They ship me off the next day. I did like hundred and twenty days, first mm-hmm. time in treatment ever.
0: What was your first treatment experience like?
1: It was like learning about more drugs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more because of your own mindset. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've worked in the field and I've been to multiple treatment centers. And where you are in your head, if you really want to get clean, if it's a punishment, really changes Mm -hmm. your experience in a rehab. Do you have to go? I'm sure people do it, but I I recommend you do because it gets you time away Mm -hmm. from the drugs. So in detox, I was snorting trazodone. Like, I was... Trazodone? Are you fucking kidding me? I was nowhere near ready to get clean. I went to a 30-day program on Cape Cod, like Mm -hmm. on fucking cranberry bogs. Very pretty. Then I went to a 90-day program in upstate Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. We ended up sneaking out because you can buy liquor in Pennsylvania, or not liquor, beer at the bar. Like, you can buy a six-pack. So we ended up sneaking out of this mansion, walking down into the middle of this one traffic light town. Stealing beer. We had gone earlier to Walmart for supplies. We had whippets stuffed in our pants. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going in the gym, chugging beer all night and doing whippets. Like this was in rehab. I was nowhere near ready. I came back, started doing oxys again. I remember the first time I ended up doing dope. I went to Robert's house and he because he wasn't answering. So I went and banged on his window, went in there, and he's like, bro, I don't have anything. I was like, yo, I'm sick. I need something. He's like, bro, all I have is heroin, but it's like... There's so little left, like, it's not enough. You're not going to be able to snort it. You have to shoot it. I was like, dog, I don't know. That's under the bridge. Homeless people shit. <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that. What well,
0: did he tell you prior that he was uh, banging dope?
1: No, I had no idea. This is
0: how you found out?
1: I- I'm pretty sure in, like, my small circle, he, he was, was the, the first, first one. He was the yeah. first one shooting up. So he does it. And I'm, this had to have been, like, maybe two key bumps, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And before he did it for me. I had no idea. Before he finished shooting the plunger, I was unconscious. Yeah. I was completely knotted out. Mm-hmm. From that day forward, I never, ever snorted anything ever again. So that was that was when it was just fucking my downfall.
0: Mm-hmm. How old
1: were you? Got to be still 18. Wow. My parents lied on my birth certificate. What? <laughs> so my birthday is <laughs> September 7th. The uh-huh. cutoff is the first. For what? For school. Oh, okay. For you to start. Okay. so they faked my birth certificate i remember finding it when i was 12 years old going <laughs> through my parents files and shit
0: and you're like my real birthday is- i
1: found three or four birth certificates with fucking holes cut out from i was like yo am i even really these people's kid who am i is this my name i found out later that they just fudged it so i could start school a little earlier so i graduated high school still 17 years old mm-hmm. so fucking at this point me and robert are still selling oxies like psychopaths, but now we start shooting them. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're also doing heroin, but you're also shooting pills and selling Well, and that cells.
1: one time I did heroin, I didn't do heroin for a long for a time while. after that. Gotcha. It just happened to be what Robert had. Yeah. And I was really sick, so mm-hmm. I wasn't going to ask any questions. I was like, Wh- whatever, you know, I-, I trust you, you do it. <laughs> I didn't even know if it was a new needle, like nothing. <laughs> I knew nothing <laughs> about dope. Of course. So I let him do it, and I was just like, oh, this is, what a waste of drugs I've been mm-hmm. doing. So... We go back to selling oxys. We're, we're making good money. My parents are like, this is crazy. Get the fuck out of the house. So I get out of the house. We move in with this crazy nurse lady, Deb. I don't know if you ever – I think you went over there more, a couple times to get oxys from us. I don't remember. It was in Miramar.
0: I, I remember vaguely – I remember vaguely copying from you guys like a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All over like wherever I would meet Rob at.
1: So we lived with this lady and her daughter. She was a nurse, she had like a two bedroom apartment, no, one, two, three bedroom because the, the daughter had a room mm-hmm. and it's like a townhouse in Miramar. We lived with her for a while and this is like where it just got fucking crazy. So now we're just, we're shooting Oxys like crazy people, two or three 80s at a time mm-hmm. we were shooting up. And then we would have people coming to buy pills from us while we were at this lady's house, you know, like, like as if I was a nickel and bag, you know, weed dealer, but one or two Roxys or 80s mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then she would get these scripts I don't know how for 380s like that's not even a legal amount to prescribe mm-hmm. but she would get them
0: 380 yeah, 80s 380s yeah normally they'll give you like a hundred yeah,
1: it's usually like a hundred 120 and then mm-hmm. 240 of the 30s and then usually they give you a soma or a xanax along with it it was like the, the three cocktail yeah. she had this guy who would fly down from New York and buy a thousand 80s at a time at thirty dollars a piece mm. which is what we were selling them for on the street.
0: Wow, there were 30. I think I got clean then because when I was still, oh no, these are 30s. Yeah. So I no, was. No, no, 80s. $30 yeah,
1: a piece for
0: 80s. 80s were 30 for a mm-hmm. while. I remember when I used to get them for 25 for like a couple of years. Yeah.
1: Well, it depends who I'm. If I'm fucking yeah, yeah. taking advantage of some kid,
0: <laughs> it was 40. Of course. Yeah. They used to be 40 for a... They were 40 for a solid period of time. They were 30. But I remember like my first year and a half, I used to get them for 20 to 25. Yeah. And then like I told somebody that and like I fucked it up for everyone. I was <laughs> like. The dealer was like, "Yeah, bro, I'm not doing that no more."
1: So they were. This guy would buy a thousand at a time. So between her script and ours, we would try to save up enough. Mm-hmm. So he'd buy them at thirty dollars a piece, which was thirty grand split between the three of us. And then he would drive back up to New York. Then uh, this was going on for a while, just you know, living the trap life, smoking cigarettes in the house, blah blah blah. Uh, I remember I had great credit from my parents. Opened an American Express when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and Robert convinced me to buy a motorcycle. So we went and bought a CBR. 2007.
0: 2007, It was the yeah. first
1: year that they had a white one, mm-hmm. I remember. And it, it ended up getting towed a couple mm-hmm. months later. So we, we thought we were fucking killing it. You know, we're getting motorcycles. We got our own place. So I remember one day Robert gets a call that the police are there to, trying to get through the gate to mm-hmm. see him. And he's like, I'm not going to see you. They're like, yo, we just want to talk to you. You know, your mom thinks you're suicidal. You know, you're not in trouble. We just want to talk to you. If you're not suicidal, you're fine. Robert shows up. They talk to him. They're like, all right, you're fine. Let me just run your name. They run his name. He had a warrant mm-hmm. for unpaid ticket. They arrest him. I wasn't even at the house at the time. So I come back to the house, and the lady's like, yo, Robert's been arrested. I threw your safe away. I threw everything away. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? All of our cash was in the safe. All of the threw it
0: away with the cash?
1: Yeah. I don't... Do I really believe she threw it away? Yeah. Definitely not. But I'm 18. This is like a 40-year-old lady. What am I going to say? No, you didn't give it to me, bitch.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: So she threw away, (laughs) I should have, (laughs) in hindsight. She threw away our weed plants and shit, the safe. Mm -hmm. So the safe had what was left of our supply and our, like, re-up cash. Mm -hmm. And now Robert's in jail. So I was like, yo, what the fuck am I going to do? So I had, I don't know, a couple oxys, whatever, on me. And that was enough to survive. So I ended up going back home. I was like, Mom, you know, I fucked up. I need a place to live. She's like, you can't come back here unless you join the Army. And I was like, well, it doesn't seem so bad. My dad was in the Army. So
0: I stay there. How did your parents learn how to do that? How to do what? Set boundaries.
1: I think they just got to. My mom is like a pretty. She's loving, but she's kind of cold. Dude,
0: that's like the biggest issue is like you got motherfuckers 30, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, their parents like, oh, well, you know, he said he's doing better. So we let him stay at the house. I'm like, like, what the? No, I mean, it like blows my mind. I'm just like and like they call me like, how do we fix this problem? What can we do? I'm like. Do you understand that you are, like, just as sick as, as like, as they are? because, like, this isn't love. This is codependency. And, like, when you try to explain that to them, they, like, I'm like, how can you get them to stop a behavior when you can't stop a behavior? Mm-hmm. And you're not even the one on drugs. You can't even say no to your kid. How are you going to get them to say no to the drug dealer?
1: So I, that was one of the biggest things I noticed when I worked in treatment. I've worked in two different facilities. I never once had a parent listen to me say you have to cut them the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Tell them, "Hey, I love you." Figure it out yeah, when you get me, your shit you get together. together six clean. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I never have, nice life. have seen a parent listen to me yeah.
0: ever. I've seen it happen. I've seen. I've seen it happen a couple of times, but it's really rare that a parent can do it in the heat of the moment. Normally, like, oh, once you get thirty days clean, it's like all back to whatever. Mm-hmm. Or it's like the opposite. It's like total dysfunctional. He's screaming and yelling. You're a piece of shit. Putting the kid down.
1: And- yeah. It, it's hard. I, I having kids now. I don't know. I can say mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, "Yo, figure it out." I'm my fucking problem. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it's that easy. Yeah. At
0: the same time, I always preface it with like, "Hey, I don't have kids," and I know this is probably something that I don't know if I'd be able to do. But this is what you should do. And I kind of mm-hmm. explain it like when you play blackjack. Like there are certain rules that you should do, and it's not saying that if you do this, you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. But you don't hit on eighteen.
1: You know then, what I mean? No, yeah, it's like, not when the dealer showed yeah,
0: me six. Exactly. So it's like, I don't and cause their thing is like, well, what if I kick him out and they die? That's a possibility.
1: What if you let them stay in the what house if, and they, OD, and they in the OD
0: in the house? Yeah. But the the textbook thing to do at this point is to get that motherfucker out the house. You know, it's like having a cast on. Like when you put a cast on, that they don't uh your muscle doesn't get stronger because it's been in this fucking yeah, actually, cast. You you're know? Not using it. So it's like, why would this kid Learn how to stand on his own two feet when you've been crutching his ass around all Mm -hmm. over. He doesn't have the strength to do it because you don't
1: let him. Yeah, he doesn't. They don't know any better. Why would I stop if I know at any time Mm -hmm. I have a place to go, unlimited food? What's my motivation? Yeah. There's no reason.
0: Yeah. Like if you give, if you want your dog to stop jumping on the table, you stop feeding it at the table. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Oh, why does he keep doing this? (laughs) Yeah, here you go. So I don't know what my I don't know if it was my mom was the first treatment, she was very she flew up to do like the family involved, sessions okay. and all that. So I think that's where she learned. Did she ever go to Al Anon and Ar-Anon? No. Nothing. Wow. So cool. my mom's view on that was I'm not a fucking drug addict. Why it's do not I have my to go problem. To this shit? Exactly. Why I know, do I go to do that? I try to
0: get parents to go to an Al Anon and Ar-Anon and they're like, Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And like they don't. And I'm like, you know, your kid won't even go to meetings like Mm -hmm. you won't even go to the meetings because you feel the same way. Why do I need to go to that? shit? Yeah, exactly. It's a double edged sword.
1: When my mom found out it was oxys, she was crying and all that. But she was so uninformed that Mm -hmm. her thoughts were, why can't you be like the people in my office who make a million dollars a year and do oxys? Mm -hmm. It wasn't the drugs per se it was the fact that it, i let it ruin my life mm-hmm. and even me too, i don't i don't judge you if you smoke weed or you can do some coke on mm-hmm. a saturday good if it's not ruining your life good for you and I, why
0: would you stop if it's not ruining yeah, your life yeah if it's not yeah. a problem
1: i'm not i'm not a an anti drug person. Of I'm an anti ruin your fucking life person. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's been in any of the 12 step programs long enough and mm-hmm. has grasped it knows it has nothing to do with the drugs. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with it. There's plenty of people who stop using and their life is still fucked because mm-hmm. they cannot deal with life. 1000%. It, I mean, they say it a million times life on life terms. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can deal with whatever problem comes your way, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That's why they say one year is like the biggest milestone because yeah. you've dealt with most situations you're going to deal with mm-hmm. in a year that you'll deal with in a lifetime.
0: Of course. And it's like there's only one way to do that is without drugs. Yeah. It's like when you're still using a substance, you're not learning how to do it because it's still like a it's like a virtual reality type of thing. Yeah, it's it's an like escape.
1: You yeah. never dealt with the feeling mm-hmm. or the problem or whatever it is. I come home. Mm-hmm. So I go find I go to a, the recruiter. And they tell me I got to take – first off, I went to like the – right here on Broward, I think. They have all of them together, Navy, Army, Marines, Air Force. So I kind of went to all three, do my research, you know, which one do I like. Da, da, da. My dad was in the Army, so I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I don't want to follow in his footsteps. So Air Force seemed like the most logical. I wasn't like gun-ho to go to the Army. This was a fucking consequence. I was <laughs> like, I'm going to do the easy one, the yeah, Air Force. Of course. We call it the chair force now. So I went in there, and they're like, look, (laughs) the chair (laughs) chair for it. I make fun of them all the time. They were like, all right, the Navy, the Army, and the Air Force will guarantee you whatever job you pick if you qualify. Mm -hmm. So phase one was the ASVAB, which is like an aptitude test, kind of like a test to see if you're retarded or not. (laughs) I took it. I got a 97, which meant I could have done any job I wanted in any branch. Mm -hmm. So I made two appointments with the Air Force. They didn't show up. There's another sign of how fucking lazy these people are. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't show up twice. Two different oppas like, "Yo, hey, don't you need me? I thought the army was like trying to <laughs> recruit s- me. Recruit yeah. me." So, I went to the Navy, they said the same thing, you can do any job. I didn't want to get stuck on a boat. I get seasick. So, next step, <laughs> I couldn't but I still to this day, I was like, "Maybe my life would have been different if I had gone to the Air Force." So, I go to the army, same thing. No no boats for the most part. So I was like, you know what, this is the move. So I start doing the research on the different jobs. You never wanted
0: to do like the Marines or like No, fuck that.
1: We call them Operation Human Shield, the Marines. Because they go in first. And they die. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to say like that, but for the most part, they're very we always joke with like that the Marines eat crayons and shit. It has like the (laughs) lowest requirement to join. Wow. So (laughs) (laughs) they're not the brightest. So I pick my job. They go through the list of the jobs, Mm -hmm. and they start with the ones with the bonuses. Mm -hmm. So the highest bonus at the time was EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal, $40,000 bonus. I said, dog, I don't care if you give me $400,000. I'm not fucking defusing bombs and finding bombs. At this time, I think I was still like end of 18, maybe beginning of 19 years old. And we were in Iraq. We weren't even in Afghanistan yet. Mm-hmm. So we were at, we were in, at war. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, yo, I really don't want you getting like a, a combat job. You know, I don't, you know, I don't want you to die, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up picking uh, communications, 25 Romeo, audiovisual equipment operator maintainer. Essentially, I fixed things that are electronic. Mm-hmm. Six-month wait to join, but I had a $10,000 bonus. So, six months. So now my mom's like, well, fuck, I don't want this guy to die. He can ship out next week if he's a infantry, but I don't want him to die. So now we got to. Yeah, they're like,
0: if he stays six months, he can overdose and die. Mm-hmm. But if he leaves now, he can get shot and
1: die. Correct. And we had just gone. So, like, this was like the hype of, of Afghanistan, of war. Iraq. Iraq, Iraq war. At that war time. Yeah. It was closer to the end by the time I got there. So my parents are like, now we got to fucking house this guy for six months safely somehow obviously it did not go safely so i was now i'm going to the army i'm fucking fuck it whatever whatever do it all so same thing i'm shooting oxys but at this point i don't have you know i'm not selling them anymore do
0: your parents know that you're iv shooting
1: yeah well i don't know at that time i don't know now i'll openly discuss it like i don't give a shit because
0: i always wonder because like sometimes parents have no idea that their kid is like on certain drugs and i'm like you know, like the kids
1: wearing long sleeves for five years. I was pretty tactical with that. <laughs> I was pretty tactical. So I that. had friends like Robert who would go like in the same spot over and over. I was uh-huh. like, dog, that looks horrendous. Like I played this shit out. Like, okay. You know, if I'm gonna be panhandling for money, I can't look like a junk box. Mm-hmm. So I would just go up and down my arm, different okay. spots. So you would see little pink scars, but they were just spots, mm-hmm. little specks. It yeah, could yeah. be I could have acne, whatever. Yeah. So that part they I don't think they ever really caught on. Okay. So now this six month chunk is coming before I have to go to the army. So they're just doing their best to keep an eye on me. I don't even think I got a job or did anything. But I remember they found out that I was using again. It was getting real bad. So they sent – this time my, my mom knew better. I'm not sending you to no fancy fucking anything. Mm-hmm. So they sent me to Bark. Fantastic. Um, she, I came home one day and she's like – she was sitting on the couch waiting and she's like, you're going to treatment, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. She made the call. They're like, be here at 4 a.m. We'll try to get you the first available bed. There's no guarantee. So I was like, all right, Perfect. I remember I had a bunch of stuff from Sherrick that I was supposed to sell. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Sherrick. R.I.P. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to treatment tomorrow. I'm going to do it all. Mm -hmm. So I I think it was like three or four bars and a couple blues. I did it all. And I was never a Xanax person. So all I remember is coming downstairs and I was like, yo, I'm going to treatment. Well, really detox. I want a pizza. No, I want steak Mm -hmm. and a cake. So I started the process (laughs) to make a steak and a cake. Last thing I remember, I woke up, I think a day and a half, two days later, in a bed at Bark. And the people that, were, that got, whatever, that came in with me- Admit Were Admit admitted. it. We're like, dude, you were crawling on your hands and knees outside looking for cigarette butts. Because my mom wouldn't buy- This is how non- uh, Enabling. Enabling my mom was. She wouldn't even buy me cigarettes- to smoke a couple before I go in to bark. Hell yeah. She's like, yeah, you can't even smoke there. Why the fuck am I going to buy you a pack of cigarettes? So I was on my hands and knees looking for butts to smoke. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me sad now to like I imagine seeing like your kid like that. Like that's – especially I know what people are like on bars. Mm-hmm. I must have been a fucking mess. So for my mom to see me like that, like I can't even imagine if I had to see my kids like that. And I woke especially
0: up – Especially because when you're a parent, it's like – Everyone else's kid is in college and, like, starting jobs and getting, like, a a family. And it's, like, now, like, when I think back, it's, like, bro, my mom went to work every day. Like, imagine, like, I'm so busy at work. I get pissed (laughs) off when I'm, like, fuck, my cats are going to fuck my house up when I get home. Or, like, I got to go buy fucking cat food. Like, I get stressed out, like, little petty shit. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine having to deal with, like, your job, your relationships, your friends, and deal with the stigma of, like, fuck i don't even want to tell people either and like like i remember my mom getting asked how's your kid doing Mm. because they knew something was going on and i remember being in the car with her and hearing her lie and my mom doesn't lie
1: i met your mom and i
0: remember being like damn that must be mad awkward and like that's it you know like how's brian and she was in the car with me and i was like fucked up she's like oh he's okay you know but anyways yeah so you're crawling your hands and he's looking for cigarettes so you overdosed are you just blacked no, out? I, I just blacked, blacked out. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. a
1: bunch of bars. I don't I, I probably 10 times in my life. I've woken up the next day, no, I could have yeah. murdered somebody. Yeah. I could have got fucked in Zero the ass. Zero recollection. No idea. <laughs> no, idea. <laughs> no idea. I remember one time I woke up you four dudes. Got in the ass. I have no idea. <laughs> what, you woke up with? We woke what? up with four dudes <laughs> in the same bed <laughs> shut finding Nemo was on the DVD player. Shut the fuck? Out. What course of events took place in the evening before <laughs> where all four of us <laughs> thought, you know what? Let's all get in the same bed. <laughs> you, you know what naked? we need finding no, we were gonna close on. I think so. I don't even remember that one. <laughs> finding Nemo is what we need. Yeah. I have no idea. It was with it was Figgy and like two other people.
0: I watched Finding Nemo High and was like like I don't really smoke weed, but I remember watching that makes sense, I remember though. watching it high and being like really into it and then mm. watched I watched it clean like part of it, and I'm like, this is
1: terrible. What do you mean? I love Finding Nemo.
0: It wasn't that it wasn't good, but it wasn't like I remember like really being into it, and there wasn't that like emotional. I was like that with SpongeBob. Yeah, when, when I was you would super watch, high, I yeah. watched SpongeBob, and so, now and I was like, "What the fuck?" So wait, you did Xanax, and then you and your four friends hooked up. <laughs> I don't I
1: remember, but I always joked around that if I ever had enough bread, because at this time I'm a junk box, uh-huh. I said, if I ever had enough bread, I'm going to take a bunch of bars, I'm going to hire a film crew to follow me all night. And watch it? And that watch, be cool. watch it later. Cool. I still kind of wish I could do it. Yeah, some I people do, do bars
0: and manage it. Like, for, I have the same effect. Whenever I, i do it a quarter of one, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to take one to take the edge off. But I would do a quarter of one, and then end up in handcuffs. Covered in vomit. I remember yeah. waking up with dried rice all over me, and thinking my mom dumped rice on me, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And my mom was like, "Like, are you, like, all concerned." Actually, I woke up and I'm like, "Did you put rice on me?" She's like, "No, Brian, you threw up on yourself," and they like the rice dried up, and I was like, "Oh."
1: It's the same. It's that was the same like eighth rice. grade. So, anyways, so I was in bark. Mm-hmm. My parent. This was getting really close to my ship out date. So, my parents are like, all right, once he gets out, then we went on a road trip. My parents don't fucking drive anywhere, we fly. Uh, we took a road trip to North Carolina just mm-hmm. to eat up time. And then we stayed in a cabin for, I don't know, a, a week. It was like right up to the point where I was shipping out. It blows so, my
0: mind that parents do this.
1: It was anything that they thought in their head, they thought, all right, once he's in the army, it's not our fucking problem anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I went up there, I did training with my stepdad to learn how to run and stuff. Because remember, I'm a heroin addict. About to go to... The, I'm not in any shape of <laughs> any kind. Like, they're like, we got to whip this kid into shape <laughs> in a whip, couple weeks. And my dad was... A, my stepdad was a <laughs> lieutenant in the police. So he's like, all right, we're going on runs. And then wow. you run
0: in the mountains. He must have wanted to punch you in the face. Oh, so uh, He
1: bad. was the kind of guy that if I cried... He's like, stop crying, you fucking pussy. Like, he was like a...
0: Tough typical man. Typical man's
1: man. So whatever. I made Running it through. the
0: mountains, yeah. I
1: never did any fucking... I managed to get shipped out. Mm-hmm. I went to basic training. The army's the only place that for some reason... We'll give you off two weeks for Christmas in the middle of basic training, so I did a month and a half. Of course, somehow magically in basic training, I found another drug addict. Drug addict.
0: I know. We just like we find each you other. Just bro. gravitate. We're like vampires. Like we know who's.
1: Imagine who's how the uncomfortable other one. it would be to talk to a random person, and be like, like, "Hey, you do oxies? And they're like, "No." <laughs> yeah, you but just know. You just know. You can It's, get the, it's it. the nod. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got the eye. So I met this kid. Mm-hmm. I gave him two hundred dollars. And he came back on the break. So even when I was on the break, I did a blue, yeah. knowing they were going to drug test me when I got back. But I did it anyway. Some I passed. In
0: 48 hours.
1: But I had the kid, I gave him 200 bucks, and he came back with 20 30s. So now I'm in basic training, the mm-hmm. second of week, with 20 blues. So we were like, pretty, the first day of it, we don't have any needles, so we had to snort them. The first week, we were like being conservative here or there. Then we knew we had the 12-mile ruck, ruck march. hmm Coming up, where you have all your gear and fucking your vest on, and you got to walk 12 miles, essentially. So we made sure to get nice and fucking wrecked before this walk so that it wouldn't affect me. Mm -hmm. So I, I finished basic training. Everything goes well. Don't do any more drugs from then. I go to my AIT, which is in Fort Meade, Maryland. It's fucking 10 months long. I get stationed, Fort Meade, Maryland. So I never get to leave anywhere. Somehow I met, same thing, met some more kids that were addicted to Oxys back before they joined. He knows somebody two hours away that has blues. At this point, blues are $25, $30 a piece. So we start driving whenever we can, here and there, not getting, you know, Mm -hmm. no multiple days, so we're not getting addicted. Two hours away. I think it's like Virginia or something. I don't know. And we're getting blues, all of us, spending a fortune on our private pay, which Mm -hmm. is nothing. Mm -hmm. I remember one day the kids said they didn't have any, and we all wanted it. And I was like, yo, we're in Maryland. We're right outside of Baltimore. Haven't you seen The Wire? There's definitely heroin, dope there. Yeah. So I Googled it. I literally Googled.
0: Where to buy heroin in not Baltimore. Not where
1: to buy heroin, but like heroin Baltimore. And then they give you like 50 news stories on the corner of blah, 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 blah. It's getting really rough. Mm-hmm. So we're like, fuck it. We all jump in this kid's BMW in our uniforms and drive down to Baltimore. First couple of streets we come down, guy rolls up on his bicycle, immediately looks in the car, turns around, goes, "That's it. Cops." No, we were just shut down. They thought we were going to be we're in fucking military uniform. Oh. Uh, well, I thought he thought he didn't think he thought you were cops. He thought we were cops yeah, that's or what something. I meant, yeah, he thought he you guys. He would shut were, it down. Yeah. The block was shut down. So then the same thing happens on you like guys the next in
0: uniform, block. getting heroin. Yeah. You're an idiot. Full uniform. <laughs> You're so dumb. What,
1: what else are we going to wear? Who's going to sell you drugs <laughs> in a uh, fucking fatigue. What do you wearing? So after the first are one, we're Army like, let's take, yeah, we're ACUs. you so The dumb. Army combat uniform. So we take the jackets off. So now we're in tan shirts. They can't see our bottom half. So we pull up to the, I think it's like the third street at this point. Uh-huh. Guy pulls up and he's, he's like, he literally tells us, nah. And the guy's like, nah, 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 chill. And he shows them his track marks. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right. So that this becomes our plug. We don't even do like the typical overtown drive around. We call this guy in advance. So we start buying heroin from mm-hmm. this guy, the little they were selling caps. We don't really do caps on here, but they were sell, buying the caps, we start doing heroin. <laughs> this is disgusting. You know where I get my first syringe? Went to a mall mm-hmm. and they have the needle disposal things inside of the bathrooms mm. i found it was so full i was able to stick my fingers you in there. thought of this yeah that's pretty smart so we had been to the mall a million times we're in the army all we do is fucking drink at chevy's mm-hmm. and go shopping and get hotel rooms so I stuck my little fingers in there and took out a used oh, insulin you can reach syringe. you into it? It was so full, you normally can't. Oh, my God. So I stuck, like, two fingers like this and got an insulin syringe out. You
0: know what's interesting is that I didn't think that was disgusting at all. I was like, that's really smart.
1: <laughs> that was your first response. Yeah. Damn, that was, you I thought was like,
0: about? oh, that's ingenious. That's <laughs> so smart. But, I mean, you could bleach it and clean I it. it. I cleaned of it. Of course. Yeah. So before
1: bad. I enlisted, I probably shared needles two or three times, and somehow, knock on wood, luck never of God, got never got Hep C. Thank God. I don't even have Simplex one. I don't even get cold sores mm-hmm. through the, a miracle of whoever the fuck is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cleaned it out. We're shooting. We're shooting again. It doesn't get like crazy, crazy, but like this spice was big in the army at the time. So we were smoking spice like fiends because it doesn't come up on a drug test. How does
0: that make you feel?
1: Spice it's like weed.
0: It's like weed? It felt like Because I've heard that it's like weed sometimes, and then it's like uh, you get naked and kill yourself.
1: That has never happened to me. Ne- and never. I've smoked hundreds and hundreds, probably a couple hundred grams of spice, and I've never had one that made me feel anything different than really, really high. Wow. I would buy it in fucking big Ziploc bags from head shops. It's crazy. So we were doing that. At this point, I met a Marine. Mm-hmm. Rachel is my, my only wife, the first girl I ever married. Uh, but we rushed it because you get paid more. In the army. It was like $1,500 a month
0: mm-hmm. to
1: be married. So I'll fucking marry you for $1,500 Damn,
0: month. dog. They allow
1: gay marriage? They don't ask, don't tell now. So before you couldn't even join if
0: you were oh, gay. Don't no, ask, don't tell. But do you get the money if you're gay married? No, you can't.
1: Wow. Because Only... it's don't ask, don't tell. If you tell them, they can kick you out. Wow. But they cannot ask you if you're gay. Which I think is kind of fucked. Like, who cares? Yeah. It's not my problem. It doesn't, And it's like you're, you're nowadays,
0: it's like there are dudes that are like kind of gay. You know, like yeah, girls that are like,
1: <laughs> they know? just, uh, it's a kind of flawed, like, uh-huh. only women could just now be in combat MOSs.
0: Oh, they're, uh, yeah, before they were only like uh, non combat jobs. So people right?
1: would cheat with that because you could be a medic, which is non combat, but, but medics you, are always in the shit. You're attached to a unit. And you have a, you have, everyone, everyone carries a gun. If everyone you leave has the a base, gun. You everyone carry has a gun. gun. Yeah, yeah. If you're, in, if you're in a hostile place, it depends. M4, M16. What, what are you carrying? M16 is kind of old.
0: Yeah. So all my M4s, training in M4s. sus was
1: M16, and then when I was in Iraq, it was an M4. Wow. Yeah. m Are they still using M4s now? I don't know. It's been fucking. I don't know. Ten you, years I for me. You kept up with it. You don't I'll keep it. up with that shit. I'm the mo- so Danny, my boss now, is more calls himself a tactical civilian. More tactical is more than tactical than I am. I don't give a shit. I don't even like shooting. Interesting. It's just never been never been my thing. Okay. So Wait. I married this girl, Rachel, for the money, pretty much. She mm-hmm. was my girlfriend, but I would never marry somebody after six months if you weren't offering me a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So I married her. I got in all kinds of trouble in the Army. I left the for, I left the base to marry her, without, and I missed a formation. So we left the base. I get back. I get in trouble. I actually had no idea that you were really in the Army. Yeah, I, I was in the Army.
0: I thought you, like, went to basic training and, like, came back. No, no.
1: I had my, <laughs> I had my ID and everything. I didn't know that i thought it was a joke so i, I got kind of kicked out of the army
0: okay, I, oh wow interesting no way so <laughs> you, you don't say
1: it's amazing that i managed I okay
0: all right keep going with the story
1: <laughs> so i leave the base to marry her i get uh-huh. in trouble for that they tell me i can't leave the base for i don't know how many weeks it is whatever restricted to base they call it so i already had a flight booked mm-hmm. to come home to see my my family so i was like fuck this i'm going Mm-hmm. So I paid somebody to sleep in my bed and they slept there Friday night. They slept there. They didn't sleep there Saturday. That was the problem. They called me and they're like, yo, I can't do it. I couldn't find anybody to do it. I'm in Florida. I was kind of like, whatever, hopefully they don't notice. Mm-hmm. So I get back Sergeant Cornejo. I remember it's a female first sergeant. I was like, Oh, Mr. Lewis, welcome back. So now I get an even more trouble. So now I'm just kind of like, yo, you're on thin ice. I was awaiting – so you can do court martial if you get in big trouble mm-hmm. or you can you can opt to like opt out of it. I'd rather do UCMJ, which is pretty much your unit uh, control. The captain or whoever is the highest ranking unit controls the commander, controls what happens to you. They're mm-hmm. your judge, jury, executioner. So I chose that. While I was waiting for that, I was, I was still like on lockdown. I ended up smoking weed. I was a fucking bad kid. I ended up smoking weed, pop positive for weed. Mm-hmm. So finally, oh, I didn't even tell you. So the Marine that I had married, her father was a three-star general. So Lieutenant General Keyes was his name. I don't even know. I should tell people that, but who cares? This guy's got to be like 90 years old now. He's the CEO of Colt Firearms. Wow. So I ended up say, getting- a uh,
0: Colt made every man equal.
1: Do, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I end up getting out, luckily, with a general mm-hmm. under honorable conditions. So I keep my medals. I kept most of my my benefits. I didn't get. Did you deploy
0: overseas? Iraq, yeah. At Iraq,
1: yeah. Camp Buffalo. So I ended up. I got shot there. Blah blah blah. You got shot? Yeah, my love handle. I didn't know that. It took like an inch of fat out of my side. Who shot you? I don't fucking know. It's a random person Some fucking with what? What'd you get shot with? I don't know. So it didn't, all right. So here's what. Oh, a, it
0: like grazed it you? Took,
1: it hit my love handle and I got made fun of for months. If you weren't Cuban, it would have never hit you. You shouldn't even have love handles. Mm. So we are on a convoy. <laughs> because you shouldn't even have love. They did not. They, they were didn't like, let me You're down. too fat. And I was in great shape in the army, but I still had that Cuban that hip action. thick, dog. <laughs> That's thick. dummy thick. <laughs> So we're on. I'm communications. How
0: did you get shot? I'm gonna.
1: That's what I'm saying okay, right now. I was good. in communications, and I would do like when they would set up forward operating bases, like the little tent cities, the mm-hmm. shitty bases. They would need communication, so we'd go to set up the tower, stuff like that. So my unit deployed, not deployed. Well, we left the the base with, like a unit, an infantry unit. As we're driving, they start firing on the humvees and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we radio it in. It's like a small force. We return fire. I'm leaning on the, the Humvee tire. Like What are you shooting? I had my M4.
0: So you're shooting an M4. After.
1: So I'm leaning on the Humvee tire. So the, the Humvee's behind mm-hmm. me. I'm kneeled down, and then I would stand up and shoot over the hood and then get back down. Mm-hmm. So around, I don't know if I was sticking out a little How bit. How far were these people? Probably 300 meters. Pretty far.
0: Wow. Like yeah. I
1: couldn't even tell...
0: So that's, like, the difference between, like, the Iraq war and a lot of other wars is that you're shooting people so far away.
1: Well, it depends. Like, if you're kicking indoors.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. But I think that's when people started using the scar, right? Because the scar was, like
1: – Well, it's what you get issued. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Regular people aren't walking around. Like, regular Noah's soldiers Barack aren't walking kind of around with scars. It's not yeah. happening. You'll have a machine gunner who's got a, a 249 Bravo, the SAW, mm-hmm. 240, and then you'll have, everyone else has an M4 or whatever. Perfect. If you're an officer or something, you might have a sidearm. So I'm leaning up against the tire, and I feel like a burn. Like, have you ever had a a casing fall in your shirt or something? So you know, it's a little bit, and then more, and then more, and more. It was like that. Like, it felt just like a little bit of pain, so I kind of ignored it. Then more, then more, then I looked down, and my shirt is starting to soak Mm -hmm. with blood. It was literally right in my side. So I don't know if it came through the tread of the tire or I was just a little bit past it, mm-hmm. but it just blew a chunk out of my side. Like it was just a flap of open flesh. Mm-hmm. There was no round. It was nothing crazy. I was. They stitched it up and I was back to work. Mm-hmm. Light duty. We, we finished the job. Everything was fine. Besides that, no one else got hurt. But there was people like crying in my unit, 25 Romeo, 55th mm-hmm. Signal Battalion. I was like, this is crazy. Like they Crime let these that people you got shot? That, that, no, that we were taking fire at all.
0: Wow. Oh, like they were scared of the fire. Yeah.
1: So when I went through basic, they oh, because had...
0: they're communications.
1: Yeah, but still, like <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're in the fucking army. This shit should be. <laughs> so there's
0: gunfire. I'm not laughing because no, i know not. They should there, fucking. Just like...
1: You should laugh at them.
0: <laughs> Wait, so they're in communications and there's gunfire and there's people that are crying. Yes. Like not returning fire, just like
1: just crying. We had to like we had to like literally yell oh, at man. them. I mean, granted, the I would t- just
0: imagine that doesn't happen, or it doesn't. I guess like I'm it
1: does. Not. So basic training, when I went through, they were starting this thing called stress cards. So you would get a card, and if it got too stressful for you, you could give the drill sergeant the card, and they would leave you alone. You didn't have to do what you were doing. I said, "When the fuck is that going to happen? When we're at war?" Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Where's my stress card? <laughs> this is getting real serious. I need a couple minutes. Oh my god, it was super. I was. I was almost mad at the time, mm-hmm. but
0: yeah, even the heroin addict isn't approving this. No,
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm fucking over here shorting, snorting blues, and stealing drugs, and fucking. I think this is crazy.
0: Okay, like, so you return fire, and then you get shot. We, we
1: finish up. We we finished setting up. We still continued. They mm-hmm. sent out. We weren't even that far from the from the base. Mm-hmm. They sent out more units. We we they stopped firing. I don't know if. So people always ask me, like, did you kill them? I have no fucking idea. Yeah, like my so job. Far away. Yeah, my job wasn't to go in there and figure it out and yeah. take out this unit.
0: Yeah, my cousin was there, and he was like, bro, when we would shoot, there'd be flashing lights, and we'd be shooting at the flashing.
1: Yeah, this isn't like we don't all have fucking. You're not scopes and shit. That yeah. I there is There he is. I got him. Yeah, it, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. And people see, you know, these SEAL Team 6 movies and all that. Like, mm-hmm. there is people that do that, but I'm not yeah. – that wasn't my job. I don't, yeah,
0: that's very different.
1: Yeah, I'm not cruising through the middle of the city and there's shops and shit around. I never had to do anything mm-hmm. like that. So I get back. I get a general under honorable conditions. So decent discharge. I don't, I'm not a fucking piece of shit on paper or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All my IDs and stuff say veteran. I have to – remember, I'm married to this Marine. Mm-hmm. She gets stationed in Quantico, Virginia. My mom flies up, gets me an apartment. Piece of shit, I have no money. She gets me an apartment, four months paid. We ghetto furnish it with Ikea furniture, a TV. The Marine never came to the apartment. I think she came to the apartment one time, and it was to tell me she wanted a divorce after we had sex. Mm-hmm. I had a cat. I left all the furniture there, mailed myself the TV home, and left the cat there, left everything there. I think I spoke to her once like a year later. Mm-hmm. Came back. My dad picked me up. Oh, at this point, sorry, I'm in Virginia. I'm renting cars. And driving to Baltimore, because it's the only place I know where to get dope. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting Suboxin and like trying to get clean. Didn't work. My heroin dealer sold me Suboxin, And I get home. I have my dad pick me up from the airport. And I tell him, like, yo, I got to get laid. And he's like, all right, fine. Brings me to Robert's <laughs> house. This is like at 10 o'clock at night. Brings me to Robert's house. We sneak out the back and go buy dope. Mm-hmm. This is my first fucking, my first day back. So that was it. That w- I was back in Florida living with my dad in almost Homestead, which if anyone knows. It's
0: the bum Yeah,
1: middle, mind. almost the Keys. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Homestead driving up here almost every day to get dope. And I end up, so this is, this is kind of a small lengthy story, but important. Me and Robert would shoot dope in hotel bathrooms mm-hmm. because nobody questions somebody coming in and out of a hotel. Mm-hmm. So we'd get our dope. We'd go to hotel bathrooms. So we went to one one time on Sheridan, and as we're coming out, we pass, like, one of the meeting rooms you can rent full of luggage. Full, full, full of luggage. So we're sitting there. We're looking at it. We're like, yo, let's take some of this luggage. So Mm -hmm. I go get the car, pull it around the side. He takes the luggage. We go to our dealer at the time, Negro, and he convinces the guy to take two suitcases of women's clothes for $160. So 16 bags of dope. Mm -hmm. So we're like, we fucking came up. But we had just done some, so we didn't do any. So we leave. I'm getting on 95, and FHP is doing seatbelt stops. So they're standing outside of the car being like, Mm -hmm. Robert, fucking dumbass, doesn't have a seatbelt on. They pull us over. They run Robert's name. Warrant. Another warrant. Mm -hmm. Robert sticks all 16 bags in his ass. So now Robert goes to jail. I have no dope, mm-hmm. so I'm over there at the police car, like letting him use my phone, because this wasn't like a big the, to the cops. He was just getting arrested for a I thing. Yeah, they yeah. didn't know we were heroin addicts, blah blah. So I'm at the side and I'm like, "Yo, please, like let me let me get a few, please, please, please." And I I had never been arrested at this time. Apparently, Robert was like a pro, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo, shh, sh- because sh, I guess they record inside of the police car. I didn't know that." <laughs> 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 so, I had no idea. <laughs> You're like, yo, give me the heroin. Give me some of the heroin. Of and he's like, yo, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And I was like, what? Nah, you ain't taking off this heroin. Give me some of the heroin. Yeah. So he gets arrested. Like two or three days later, I go back to the same hotel to shoot my heroin. I'm sitting in the bathroom. And I was always very meticulous. I sit on the toilet backwards. So I have the the, the bowl, not the bowl, the, the, the tank. top on the And I set of. up my shit, my syringe, my spoon, my water. And I had a little pill bottle with some Suboxone, some Oxy, and some heroin in it. So I'm setting it all up. I'm doing my shit. Somebody comes in. I'm like, oh shit! Look under the stall. It's the cleaning guy. I was like, all right, I get back to my shit. Blah blah blah. I'm going to do my shot. Somebody, are you straddling the toilet? Yeah, I got my legs over the front of it. <laughs> what does he think when he sees your feet? <laughs> I didn't,
0: that was that was so weird? I must, <laughs> <That have> told, <laughs> I must have told this guy
1: it. I must have told the story a hundred times. Nobody's ever. I didn't even think of that. That <laughs> to the guy coming in. Why the fuck is he sitting like that? <laughs> This guy's got a weird way of shitting. What do you want from me? Yeah, yeah. Holy uh, shit! I didn't even think of that.
0: So he likes the comforting <laughs> feel. <of like. laughs>
1: it's bad. <laughs> so somebody else comes in, and I assume it's the same guy again. Like, Maybe he's just getting the trash. So this uh-huh. time I don't even check. So the guy goes, "Yo, what are you doing in there?" And I remember to myself, thinking, "Who the fuck are you, guy? I'm t- taking a shit. Leave me alone." So I was like, "Whatever. I'm finishing my shot." And I see a head pop up over the top. Never forget. Tan, bald-headed dude. He goes, you're not taking a shit. Kicks the door in. It's Hollywood police. They arrest me. They bring me into the same room where the Uh, suitcases were. That's the worst
0: feeling in the world.
1: I thought I was so positive it was the cleaning guy back. Because it was maybe within seconds of the out to back in. So I'm sitting there.
0: I would smoke crack at the Galleria Mall bathroom because there are rooms.
1: Mm -hmm. They're like actual doors.
0: There's the ceiling.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Like, people would not notice. <laughs> I'm not doing anything in here. I
0: would stay there for hours.
1: <laughs> You're there for a hot minute. What's going on in there? I remember one time I... I would
0: come out like a sauna, like dripping sweated. and Sweating. Yeah.
1: I remember I usually use the string from my Jordans to yeah, tie yeah. off. I didn't have one one time. And I'm like, in this stall, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Typical attic. I took probably 50 feet of toilet paper and strung it into, twisted it into no, like a twine. I no. I of course, slides. slides. Yeah, slides were a big thing back then. <laughs> slides and socks. So I tied off with toilet paper. Still on. I thought it was a genius move. Toilet paper tie off. It worked. Yeah, tied it. Make it tight. I made it so okay. tight and then tied off with the thing. So they bring me into the same room all the suitcases were in, mm-hmm. and they roll in the uh, I don't know if you remember this from school the little cart with the TV of and course. the VCR. Yeah. They play the video of me and Robert standing outside the suitcase room like blah 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 blah, blah and then Robert coming out with the suitcases. And they're like, what's going on here? And I was like, I don't know. This guy asked me about these suitcases. And they're like, that's it? You don't know him? And I was like, no. And they're like, we know you know him, blah, blah, blah. So they asked me to give up who sold me the dope. And I was like, I don't know, some guy on the side of the road in Mm Trunk, And they're like, no, who is it? And I was like, I don't know. It's just a guy that stands there. So I get arrested.
0: Isn't it crazy there's a Trunk market now? Is there? It's called the Trunk market. It's like a... Trendy place to go eat. The fact that they didn't even change the name. <laughs> they just like, kept it. it's, it's called a cis people are like are like, oh, what are you doing this week? Oh, I'm going to the cis trunk. Market. And like my my memory and like reaction to the word cis Trunk is like oh.
1: what do they sell heroin there? What's <laughs> yeah. going on? What's at this market? I've been to the cis Trunk market before. So I always joke about this. When you pass Overtown on 95, Mm -hmm. it says, welcome to historic Overtown. Yeah, like it's a. I was like, some tourist is going to be like, let's check it out. Honey,
0: let's go look at what the historic. (laughs) You're going to get fucking
1: robbed. So they they arrest me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they left me in the car so fucking long at the Hollywood police station. Then they bring me down to main jail. They put me in the uh, infirmary for four days because they knew I was coming off of drugs, Mm -hmm. even though they don't give you anything. Luckily, I had this guy that, in my room at first who knew he was an addict, also. So, like, he understood that I was shitting myself and fucking throwing up every five seconds. I got this other dude a couple days later who was like a crackhead who was like angry at me. Yeah, for, I was like, like yeah, I'm not doing this on purpose. Yeah. 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 He was pissed. So, after four days in the infirmary, they bring me back down to like the right, the rig. I think it's second floor. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. They put me in a two man cell. I go in, and there's a guy with a blanket over his head, like this, and a little cocoon. And I'm sitting, I'm looking at him. I said, what the fuck? Guy jumps up. It's Robert. They had put, of all the fucking jail cells, all the jail cells, they put me in the same cell as Robert. That's crazy. So he had just finished the 16 bags. Somehow he magically made them last this long four days. So they put me in the cell with Robert, which is like kind of a blessing because I had never been in jail and Robert had. He like schooled you? He told me the toilet paper, don't reach over food, like jail etiquette, essentially.
0: Can you explain it?
1: Well, if you're in the, so... If you're using the toilet, you stick a wet piece of toilet paper to the door so that people know they don't just stroll in to the bathroom because your toilet's in your room. You don't reach over people's food. Uh, how the commissary works and shit like like you never reach over another inmate's food. How the commissary worked and stuff like that. He was out like the next day. He got bailed out. Mm-hmm. So I went to my magistrate hearing on TV, and the judge uh, goes, "I need an address to release him." R O R, which is under my own recognizance. And my sister, who's an attorney, was there. And she goes, he's not welcome in my house, my mom's house, or my dad's house until he gets the help he needs. And the judge goes, Mr. Lewis, is this true? And I said, Your Honor, I'll take whatever I can get. The judge goes, okay. Bond revoked until completion of SAP Life Skills and NAAA. Mm-hmm. So they, they took away my bond. I had a $100 bond, they took it away. I could not even be bailed out if I wanted to mm-hmm. until I completed these programs. So that took a couple months. It took a while to go through all these programs. And I was mad as fuck at first. Like, you just left me in jail, bro. What the fuck?
0: I love hearing that. Because, like, when I deal with the families, and like,
1: yeah, we got him out of jail. I'm like, bro, that's, like, what he needed to do. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, just. Uh, I mean, look at me later. I'm so clean. Yeah. so i am it's a blessing now. Tough love. But I ended up with, like, a little store going. I was selling. Like, so if you got locked up, it would be a week or so before you could get any commissary. Mm-hmm. So I would front you. One or two, you know, bags of chip, four, ba- whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I would want double or at least, uh, you know, two to three back Mm -hmm. on what i loaned you so i ended up with hundreds of dollars i was locked up with ronka he was in the same room Mm -hmm. as me same cell
0: Uh, It's so funny how like people that's crazy
1: we were people were so mad dude because we were some you know rich white kids they assumed who were having huge hershey cakes every (laughs) single day and these people are fucking starving Starving with nothing they feed you breakfast at four lunch at 12 dinner at five so you're from five to four a.m you're starving So we were snacking. They ended up calling our room the White House because these old heads would come in and they want to chill and relax. And we had five young white kids partying all night and shit. So they ended up thinking we were racist. Me being the snack king, I was cool with everybody on the block. So I'd be like, yo, it's not like that. They'd be like, no, Louis, we like you, but we hear this shit, blah, blah, blah. So it ended up being like a mini race war Mm -hmm. because they called our room the White House Mm -hmm. because it was all young white kids. I get out. I stay clean. You know what I'm saying? I went to I went to the 12-step programs. I did that for a couple of years. I don't go anymore. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like them. I honestly don't think I would be where I am today without them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The 12-steps. Yeah, steps. and that's like
0: what I kind of like, you know, because someone might be like, well, Lewis doesn't go to meetings anymore. I'm like, yeah, bro, but he probably went every day for years. Two you or know? three a day. Yeah, of course. Can you talk about like that first year clean and like what clicked? Because a lot of people have this introduction to the 12-step program and don't stick with it and you know in and out in and out like what was it for you what changed in your mentality that caused you to overcome and persevere staying clean
1: so i remember before i went robert had because robert had been doing this longer than me mm-hmm. and i would always tell him this shit's a cult this is crazy they're brainwashing you blah blah, blah. so as soon as i started going i realized like there's other people. So I always give examples with like real life shit, not like trust, faith, whatever. Mm-hmm. Even though I have those, but like you can see other people that you knew were fucked mm-hmm. getting a better life. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's like
0: so prevalent in your when you see it in front of you. Yeah, it's, like- it's
1: clear as day that mm-hmm. this man is not falling apart like I knew he was. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me was was seeing it, mm-hmm. and like I said, there's a there's a couple aspects of the programs that I love. Mm-hmm. Number one, like we discussed earlier, what the fuck am I gonna do? What there's what activity do I do? Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody. I can't go hang and out. When you hang out like
0: normal people, mm-hmm. you feel like so far behind, and like you have nothing to talk about, and you just feel like a total outcast. Then they're pushing alcohol and weed on you anyways, mm-hmm. or like. It's just uncomfortable, and then, like, you know, for me, like, when I would hang out with addicts, it would just, it would feel like home. It would be, like, yeah. totally normal. We mm-hmm. can have
1: a discussion, like, if I did this with my parents, they'd be like, yo, H- nobody horrified. cares. Get the yeah, fuck yeah. out of here. Mm-hmm. So, that's that was part of it. The the Camaraderie. The camaraderie, the fellowship, mm-hmm. for lack, well, I mean, not like that's the word. Yeah. So, when I first got clean, mm-hmm. I would go to two meetings every day. Mm-hmm. I'd go to the 7 o'clock, which was mostly old-timers, mm-hmm. that West Broward Club before it disappeared. yeah. yeah. Uh, mostly old timers. And that was like my sit up front, don't fucking touch my phone, pay attention, talk to these people, learn how the fuck they did this. Mm-hmm. And then the 10 o'clock was the fun. A fashion show. Mm-hmm. The best shit you got. Who's the finest bitty? <laughs> where are my dogs? Half the time I didn't even go in the meeting. Yeah. I'd be outside socializing. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, these people know where you're coming from. They understand. Then we go out to dinner. It was fun. It was fun. And we would fun. go to
0: dinner. We'd go to the bowling alley. We'd do karaoke.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I tell people, like, dude, I remember my first year clean. Like going Saturday night would be like, uh, At Saturday, they'd have the 8 o'clock. Then they'd have the 10 o'clock. And then everyone would go do karaoke. And like when I first got clean, if you would tell me that's what I'd look forward to, I'd slit my throat. You like, know? Like, but like, This would be worse than using and it was like so much fun and i realized that it didn't matter what we were doing is who i was you know doing it with Mm -hmm. because like we would have so much fun just fucking around anywhere we went yeah
1: just just like being on heroin yeah Exactly.
0: exactly it was like the dope yeah we could do anything as long as like there was this going on like we could do whatever and it was you know exactly like using because it was like as long as you had drugs, like it made it a, like mm-hmm. bearable. And it's like when we got clean, as long as we had each other, we could do anything.
1: So in the beginning when I first got clean, I made a schedule for mm-hmm. every hour of the whole day. Yeah, that's treatment stuff. That's like stuff they tell people in treatment. So even after that time in jail, they put me on drug court, mm-hmm. which meant five days a week. I was there for three hours at NRD. Then I had to do IOP. Mm-hmm. Then I did OP. So I did like they gave me credit for the days I was in jail. So I only had to do like seven, eight months drug court Mm -hmm. but still it was like a gradual step down of accountability Mm -hmm. until i was able to really do it myself but i kept a binder and then each night i would go in there and if anyone who knows me now i'm the most irresponsible person ever (laughs) like one of your partners jokes with me all the time that i don't i don't write anything down i'm a fucking airhead a feather in the wind Mm -hmm. but that first year or two every night i would adjust Based on the day, what's going to happen tomorrow, so that I would have every minute of every day accounted mm-hmm. for. Gym, food, cook, TV, step work. No downtime. Ex- no, mm-hmm. I could not afford 30 seconds in my own head. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the first year. And then, like I said, two meetings a day, socializing, meeting the other people, so on and so forth. What did
0: your parents feel like that first year? What was it like? They Re- didn't trust.
1: They didn't, they yeah. didn't believe anything. <laughs> the whole year, right? So I'm I'm going on nine years clean. In 2022, beginning of 2022, uh-huh. I still am not on the permanent list to my parents' gate mm. in their neighborhood.
0: Wow. My sister is. Have you asked about not, that? I have. They're just like, oh, not They yet. just
1: kind of blow. I have keys to their vacation house and the yeah. keys. Like, I know it's not. I told someone the
0: other day because they were like, you know, oh, my parents didn't think that I was going to stay clean. So, I like, I used. like that The dumbest w- thing I've ever heard. I was like... Bro, my parents, at eight years clean, my mom thought I was high. Mm. Like, bro, she literally thought I was high. I called her with, like, some wacky question early in the morning. Like, just some <laughs> random. Some drug addict. Like, I, just, I called her in the morning about a question about my childhood uh, to prove a point to someone because they didn't believe me. Like
1: Like you did the other night.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, Mom, isn't it true that when I was a kid, we used to do this? And she was like, Brian, are you okay? Where are you? Who are you with? <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'm fine. She's like, no, no, no. Are you like, because. When you call people amped up in the morning, they just think you're high. My, my, wife, my mom I got in
1: trouble for you texting me at 6 in the morning. She's like, yeah, that's sketchy. Who the fuck is texting you? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's Brian. It's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So So, how did you rekindle that relationship with
1: them? My parents, I mean, they just saw over time. So, my mom still to this day mm-hmm. is not one of those like – congratulations she'll say congratulations but she doesn't think it's something to be celebrated Mm -hmm. because her thoughts are it's what she should have been doing the whole time yeah you know what i mean like it's a you didn't this isn't some you know astonishing accomplishment it's what you should have you're living a normal life good job yeah that's her her thought process
0: yeah i posted the other day on instagram like uh drug addicts are the only people that want an award for running out of a burning building
1: yeah (laughs) we want to be acknowledged (laughs) yeah look what i did you mean what i've been doing my whole life yeah which I, have, I see both sides of it. As an addict, mm-hmm. I know that it's not a simple thing. It's an everyday thing.
0: And at the same time, it's like uh, the way they view it is none of my business. I don't yeah. need somebody to like clap for me or like be proud of me because I have a place to go where people have that. So it's like I go to a place, a 12-step program, where I get acknowledged or whatever, and I don't expect the same thing from everybody, you know?
1: Yeah. To be honest— so, you know, I don't go to me- – I haven't been to a meeting in quite a while. Mm-hmm. I still advocate when people ask me because of my, my big following on Instagram. For sure, I see. And I do post about addiction and how I'm clean mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And people ask me, and I st- I've never once said, fuck that fellowship, yes. that doesn't work. No, I think it's very important.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same – like, people ask me all the time, like, how, would I, how do I overcome this whatever? I've been saying the same thing for, you know, 12 years. Uh, go to meetings and go to uh, rehab. If you can't go to the rehab, go to the meetings. Like mm-hmm. rehab is a luxury yeah, that not, not everyone can go to. It's like fighting a war. You want like a sidearm or you want an M4. It's mm-hmm. like uh, the rehab is the M4. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot easier to fight the war with like a actual yeah, rifle with, a,
1: with an assault rifle,
0: or you could do or like, a handgun. Yeah, or you could take this Glock 19. You know, or
1: go in there with a with a knife or, or a, a spork, no, no yeah. weapon exactly. It's
0: like you know, you don't need to go to rehab, but. Uh, Whatever extra thing you can do. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, 1,000%. It's like, look, you're about to do something that's going to be like this long journey. It's not going to be easy. You've tried to do it a million times on your own. Why don't you suit up with as much ammunition as possible?
1: No, you know? I, I agree 100%. For me, it became not just like a life-busy thing, but like, a, and this could this is mostly my fault because there is meetings that are very serious, that mm-hmm. aren't the fashion show, For that sure. aren't the young people. For sure. But it also become – I lose the sort of the fellowship part attending that meeting mm-hmm. because it is 60-year-olds who I don't relate with aside from the, the drug addiction. And I don't want to be in the drama. You kind of need it all. Yeah, you, you kind of need, need it all for sure. And
0: like even like, you know, for me, like there are times where I go to a meeting and I see someone that I don't want to see and I'm like, fuck, I just want to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's human nature. You go anywhere long enough that's going to happen, you know. I tell people all the time if you stay clean long enough someone will owe you money and fuck your girl and fucking do you wrong and fucking it's whatever happen. like
1: drug addiction or not
0: Yeah like if you go to some place long enough bro you're going to have qualms with ish- with people you know and um, like, I don't judge you for for not going. I think it's cool, like on social media, whenever you're like, "Look, like uh, I was on heroin and whatever," because a lot of people see you and just kind of think that this just kind of happened overnight. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, they think exactly. Like, I bought a Hellcat in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't work like that. It mm-hmm. started with this piece of shit and then this piece of shit and this piece. Yeah, of I've shit. seen them all. Uh, yeah, we used to
0: see. race them. Remember when we when I had bikes and we would race on the highway?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I think I had the Genesis back yeah.
0: then. Yeah, yeah. I remember. So I remember that night where it was you, me, Agiri. he had like the AMG, yes. C63 C- AMG or whatever. But I remember we all went to a meeting I had like a sport bike, you had your, the, the Genesis and like we all like took off on the highway. And I had like probably five, six years clean. And I remember just being like, wow, like this is so much fucking fun, you know? Because like, I wasn't like you where I had like bikes in my active addiction. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like at a coin star. But um, I've had so much fun doing cool shit. Like us racing down the highway, Yeah, it's still illegal and dangerous and scary.
1: Look, I'm not a saint. I'm just not on drugs.
0: Exactly, you know? And it's like, you know, I I used to get clean and think like, man, my life's over. Like, now fucking what am I going to do? And it's like my existence on drugs is something that, like, if I saw an animal living that way, I'd call the Humane Society. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't, like, no glamorous fun. No. But your brain will tell you, like, this is everything. They remember
1: the great time, not the that in between.
0: Yeah, people always say, you remember the first hit, not the last.
1: Yeah. My biggest thing, and I think part of who I am, so people always tell me, like, I'm never down. Like you're you're almost Mm. never gonna see Lewis Lewis. And for the people asking, my name is really Lewis Lewis. Lewis. My first and my last name are both Lewis. And my son is Lewis Lewis the Third. Yes, Lewis Squared.
0: His middle name Lewis?
1: No, Emilio. Same as me. Lewis Amelia Lewis (laughs) the third. It's because of the fellowship Uh that I became like this. Mm -hmm. I was riddled with when I used to finish a meeting and they would do the arms up thing. Some of them do the hands, some of yeah, them do the heart, arms. Yeah. I would have a fucking anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. When am I gonna be able to put my arms down? Who the fuck cares? My arms aren't gonna fall off. I don't have some crippling disorder mm-hmm. that my muscles can't do it. But in my head, I would be like, how am I gonna do this? Like, I cannot mm-hmm. hold my arms up. Like, I was freaking out. Now, I, nothing makes me anxious, mm-hmm. but except from like a huge dose of pre workout. Nothing makes me anxious. Mm-hmm nothing i could get a flat tire something could smash my car and uh, if you know me i love your
0: cars. cars yeah
1: remember we had an event and that ball mm-hmm. hit my car mm-hmm. and smashed the whole top of it i didn't fuck who cares mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i didn't ask anyone to pay for it the boss at the time did pay for mm-hmm. it but that wasn't that wasn't what it was about i gained nothing mm-hmm. nothing comes from being from upset. me being upset or crying look that's not to say your dad dies or your girlfriend leaves not you you be shouldn't upset. be sad But you can't let that shit run your life. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't accomplish anything. You are in control. Feelings Mm -hmm. are not facts. And that's a big thing I learned. And I told someone the other day,
0: like when I got clean, I learned how to not make a bad situation worse. Mm -hmm. Because I would have a bad day and be like, fuck it, I'm going to get high. That's like getting a flat tire and shooting out the other three tires. Being yeah. like, fuck this, you know?
1: Or breaking a wall or something. Great, now you got to fix it Yeah, tomorrow.
0: or just being a dick or whatever. It could be like your attitude. It's like, you know, that happened and I'm going to find a solution and I'll do what I can to not let it happen again. And like, bro, I get resentful and anxious or whatever. But like, there are times where I feel like because I'm an addict, I have like a, this like weird gratitude for things where some people don't like. I remember I backed up my new car into my other car. And I remember, (laughs) I remember I, and I, it was a dent and I was like driving to the gym so happy. And my friend was like, this is going to cost for how much to fix, da, da, da. Like you just bought this car. It was a brand new car. And I remember like, who the fuck gets to say that I backed in one of my cars into my my other car car. that were both pretty nice, you Mm -hmm. know? And I was like, that's fucking cool. You know, like. I have problems today that I used to dream about. When I was dope sick, you know, whatever, I'd be like, oh, man, what if one day I could have fucking, like, gym clothes? I used to dream about gym clothes, you know? like
1: <laughs> Your dreams were a little fucking shitty. Yeah, then. I
0: remember just being like, man, I want to get... I remember being in shape was, like, something I used to want, because I used to like working out before drugs, and I remember being like, man, because I used to, like, working out in boxers is kind of shitty, you know? So it's <laughs> like, I remember, like, going to the you gym. You had phases
1: where you were in great shape. I've never yeah, seen you yeah. in shape like you are now, yeah. but...
0: Yeah, it, I was in good it, shape. It takes a lot of
1: work. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm too lazy for I see your posts and Thank shit. You. I don't I could never, ever I'm still I'm I could, but I'm I'm still very lazy and mm-hmm. I accept it, but I do what it takes to not become a fat shit at yeah.
0: least. Well I appreciate you coming on the show, man. No, of course. I love you bro. You. I love you too, man. Thank you. This show is not affiliated with any specific twelve step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 888-699-9395 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.